Hey guys, welcome to the Hella Good Podcast. I'm Cassie. And I'm Sarah. And if you're looking for a podcast on movie reviews, you've come to the right place. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Our first podcast now discussing what? Movies that have come out, throwback movies. I mean, I think just really good movies, movies that we enjoy, movies that we want our listeners to watch. Yeah. We'll definitely be saying how it is. So, Sarah, how was your weekend? Well, the weekend started off fine. Um, my son, we got him a new bike. And so we decided to take out the bike and go for a, a bike ride out by the water, which we live in the the Bay Area in California. And we get out there and we we like start the bike ride and everything's fine. And like him and my husband are in front and I'm behind them, right? Yes. And we're biking and all of a sudden I can see my son like starting to get really close to his dad. And then all of a sudden they locked handlebars. Oh my God. Pedals and both just went like tumbling down. Oh no. Yeah. And of course, my husband did like this ninja move that only like a parent would do to avoid landing on their child. Like somehow he managed to fall, but then like hop off one foot and like roll in the air over so he wouldn't land on all of her. Holy crap. I wish First you all, had this yeah, on video. Me too. Because I was like, wow, that was really impressive. But then I had to change <laughs> my mind right away because then my son was crying and he's Aww. like, banged up bruised all down one side so the chain popped off the whole thing so needless to say like we went through all that work drove all the way over there the bike accident happened in the first 10 minutes get back in the car pack the bikes all back up and drive all the way back home oh no (laughs) yeah so needless to say after that happened my son spent the rest of the weekend uh recuperating uh, and milking it for all of its worth. Uh, like a true child should. I mean, exactly. That is yeah. what a child should do. Uh, yeah. And he didn't disappoint. So <laughs> my weekend was kind of eh. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, what did I do? I did something a little crazy. What did you do? Uh, And when I tell you this, you're going to probably roll your eyes, (laughs) but okay. I said when I got my Louis Vuitton that I would never get another purse after that. And I got a Louis Vuitton purse during Christmas and (laughs) well, you know, I labels, they're my heart. There's a name name for that. What's the name? It's called label or. (laughs) <laughs> you know what yes i am a label whore but you're a wannabe label whore. i'm a label whore with like a bottled water budget <laughs> not even tap water budget okay that's what i am um but i got a new coach purse okay what does it look like it's actually super cute it's very spring summer um and it was on sale, so that's the best the best hey, part about win-win. it. Win-win. Is um, it the white one with like pink and like different colored flowers on it? Uh, yes, but it's it's like a canvas. Like, material. is it a crossbody? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do, were you there when I bought it? <laughs> uh, don't look over your shoulder, but I'm there now. Uh, <laughs> That's so funny that you're bringing that purse up because I just saw another friend the other day and she had that purse. Can I just say that that is not cool for your friend (laughs) to have the same purse as me when I thought I was the only one with it? Yeah. And now I don't know how I feel. I was like, two of my friends have the same purse. And what about me? (laughs) Now do I join in? Yes. (laughs) Join the dark side. Buy the purse. Did you get the matching wallet? I wanted to, but the wallet, I don't think the wallet was on sale. Gotcha. And I had to say no, because that wallet was almost $300 by itself. Really? Wow. Gosh. I haven't looked at Coach in a while, but lovely. It is a perfect, like, spring, summer bag. I know. It's so cute, and I love it. That's so funny. That's I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> 
but that okay. was the fun of my well, weekend. Well, you did have a nice weekend then. Yes, yeah. Getting a little yes. splurge. But let's get right to it. Why yes, I'm ready. Cast today, and that's to listen to our review on our very first movie, False Positive. So it's been out now for a week. It came out on June 18th. But if you haven't heard of it, it's streaming on Hulu right now. And let me just give you a little synopsis of what the movie's about before we get into it. Got it. Okay, it follows a married couple played by Justin Throw. Side note, he's also in Mosquito Coast right now, which is on a different network, I think. And side, side note, he was married to Jennifer Aniston. Side, side, side note, (laughs) they're now divorced. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, uh, his, uh, oh my God, the co-writer and also uh, the, oh my God. I'm spacing the, on it. What is the it? star? The, the yeah. star of the show? Uh, yeah. Is well, I mean, Alana Glazer. Yes. Your co-star? That's what I'm looking co-star, for. Thank yes, you. Yes. Oh my god. I kept thinking co-writer, <laughs> co-star as well. There we go. Bear with us, everybody. <laughs> She's the co-star and also the co-writer, Alana Glazer, and. We all know. Well, I don't know if everyone knows, but she's from the TV show Broad City. Love that show, by the way. Which you and I loved it. Yes. It's such a good show. So for me, and we'll get into it, but it was a little bit hard at first to take her seriously, like watching this film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's okay. It's about it follows a married couple, her having trouble conceiving. And then they reach out to a celebrity fertility expert played by Pierce Brosnan who also happens to be the husband's like old chum from college and he offers to help and then soon they're expecting and then the roller coaster begins. Ooh. But I'm just going to take you on a real quick side note again on Pierce Brosnan. So when I sat down to watch this movie, I had had the unfortunate experience of prior to watching it, I had watched a new heist movie that my Oliver and August wanted to watch because they're into those heist movies and it was called The Misfits. Never heard of it. And you're lucky because (laughs) Pierce Brosnan is the star of that movie and it has got to be like one of the bottom 10 worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Which is crazy to me because Pierce Brosnan is, to me, I mean, I I, I don't think he's like my top 10 favorite, but I mean, I think that he's a pretty good actor and he's had really good roles in the past. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking taking that, but man, does it become bad. (laughs) So anyway, so the movie, there's some sinister stuff that starts to happen. And then uh, Alana Glazer's character, Lucy, starts to find the unsettling truth about Dr. Hindle, who is who Pierce Brosnan plays. And the story, like I said, is by Alana Glazer and also John Lee and Alyssa Nutting. And John Lee also directed the movie. Um, And he worked with her on Broad City. That's how they knew each other. Question. Yes. And I don't know if you've researched this and I didn't research it and I should have. Um, after hearing the name John Lee, but is he also the person who directed um, or directs scary movies? Like um, I think Saw. I think it's with I think it's with the same last name, but I, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know for sure. Okay, if anyone can find that out, let us know. I don't think it's the same guy, but. Uh... We could easily find that out. Yes. John Lee. But also in it are um, Gretchen Mole. She plays uh, Dawn. Sophia Bush. She plays Corrigan, Alana's, or sorry, Lucy's uh, friend that she meets at a mommy group. Um, and that pretty much wraps up the high level gist of what's uh, coming your way in False Positive. All right. So are we ready to take a deep dive? And let's get into this, this movie. Let's deep dive. All right. So I'm going to just say a little bit of um, the same thing that you did. So I'm going to try to not do that 
very much here just in the beginning. But um, before you start, should we yes. just make a, a disclaimer saying that this is a spoiler? So if you're going to listen to this podcast, know you're going to be finding out every single bit about the movie. So uh, get to watch the movie first and then maybe listen to us. Or if you want to do it the other way, that's fine too. Exactly. Because maybe what we're about to tell you, you'll then be like, yeah, that's not a movie for me or that is a movie for me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, once again, uh, the movie centers around Lucy, who is a copywriter and her husband, Adrian, uh, who is, I believe, a plastic reconstructive surgeon. Right. Right. OK. Yes. Um, so they've been trying to get pregnant, I think, for the past two years uh, and they haven't had any luck. Uh, and Adrian suggests, hey, let's let's go to my old teacher, uh, Dr. Hindle. And he's a fertility doctor and he's great and amazing. Right. So um, they make an appointment to see Dr. Hindle. They, they get there, they fill out everything in the paperwork. Uh, and he starts talking about what he has accomplished. So he starts talking about IVF and I think IUF. Um, and he talks about how he created this new breakthrough procedure, uh, and it's, uh, he's, it's like a guarantee, right? That, um, they're going to get, they're going to get pregnant. Exactly. And I think it's important to mention, like when you, when the movie first starts and the opening scene though, is the character Lucy walking down a street in the dark with her face covered in blood. So when the movie begins, you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, that's our first introduction into the story. There's nothing happening. There's like some eerie music. She's walking down the street and then boom, it cuts. Apparently to now the flashback of where you just started, which was them now can't get pregnant. It like they've been trying a few years and then they go to this doctor. And can I just say that the feeling of what the hell is going on really permeates throughout the movie, I feel like, but we'll, we'll get to, we'll get yeah. to that. Yeah. So Dr. Hindle performs this new breakthrough procedure on her and all of a sudden she is pregnant, but not just with one baby, with three fetuses, twin boys and a girl. And Dr. Hindle lets her know that because the twin boys were bigger, healthier, stronger, um, that they should do a procedure called selective reduction um, to remove the weak, weaker fetus to make sure that the stronger fetuses have ample room to grow and right. survive. So he's like, go home and think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, can, it's like a very Sophie's choice kind of moment. Like, can, uh, I, can I also say too, before we get into the decision, like what their decision was and how they came to that decision. Did you not find it weird? The demeanor of the characters, like, first of all, I couldn't get over Alana's hair in the movie. I wanted to do something with it the whole time. I know. But I two, know. <laughs> but two, like when they went into the doctor's office, Dr. Hindle's office, yeah. just Don the character, Dr. Hindle himself, uh, and even Adrian and Lucy, I felt like they were very reserved, not really emotional. But just, like, this really weird, like, look on their faces. Yeah. They're kind of all, um, in a weird way, it almost seems like they're kind of floating around in slow motion. Like. Yeah. And, you know, you can tell, like, Lucy feels kind of in a euphoric state, even in the beginning when she's getting all the, like, testing done to see, you know, all her levels of things, like they kind of have them moving all around her and then just like a close up on her face. And she's like, got this kind of weird smile, like eyes, like I feeling feel like they all. Yeah. 
they all have that look, which is yeah. kind of weird. Like um, it's unnerving. You're like, Ooh. yes, it made me feel a little crunchy. Like it made me feel weird. Um, oh my and God. Then crunchy. Also- <laughs> Literally every kid around me right now, I'm sorry, side note is saying the word crunchy when describing anything they don't like. <laughs> I mean, every my son, anything he doesn't like, that's crunchy, mom. That's crunchy. This movie's crunchy. This food is crunchy. I'm like, what is it? Now you're using it. What's happening? <laughs> okay, first of all, I want to say this, that I brought crunchy, like crunchy was crunchy before your son and his kids were saying crunchy. Okay. But I'm glad to know that that word became fetch. Oh my God. <laughs> you're just too hip. Clearly you're too hip. I'm, you know, you're way too hip. I, I try. I try. I feel like in the movie, right after she gets pregnant, like the movie takes off like on a very hallucinatory direction. Yes. But I think it's because they want the confusion of the viewer to make you feel like what the character Lucy is feeling in her own head, you know, like, yes, yes. She starts to really like, what is what, what's real, what's not. And as you get into it, but you know, mommy brain, which is something like this, so annoying to say, but, but it's, it's a real thing though, mommy, brain. but it is a real thing. It is a real thing. But, um, <clears throat> It's also like a very dismissive thing to say to a woman when she's having an issue and mm-hmm. you say, you just have mommy brain, like it's okay. And then that's something that she will through the whole movie be told when she starts to raise questions about things that don't feel right. Exactly. So, okay. Back to selective reduction. Yes. And so even be, so before they make their decision or I'm sorry, not before, but when they go home and they're, you know, Lucy and Adrian are talking to each other about what they decide to to go out to dinner to celebrate. Yes. And yeah. So then, and at that dinner, they each tell each other what they're thinking about. Mm -hmm. And Adrian, what he wants to, he wants to keep the twins. Yeah. And Lucy wants the baby girl. And it's really important for her, you know, that she had this baby girl. There was no question. It had to be the baby girl. But what was interesting is, um, you know, they go home and they're asleep. And another question I, I thought to myself is, and throughout the movie, that they slept the same way every night. Every time they show them in bed? Yes. That it was the exact, they were facing away from each other. There was no cuddling. There was no nothing. Um, and he got up in the middle of the night and started typing some stuff, right? And we never really right. know what he's typing or what he's doing. Exactly. I think by that point, is that the first time we see him or the second time where he is in the dark, just on his computer, typing away and we're, the viewers left like, okay. What's going on? So you're thinking something bad. Yeah. Or, you know, is he, what exactly is he doing? Right. He, exactly. we're left to question. So um, that was the first time. And then in the morning he says, you know what, let's have a baby girl. And I think at this point they named her Wendy. I was just going to say, yeah, mm-hmm. it's important to make that connection because I guess when they were writing this script, the director and writer, John Lee, had been reading Peter Pan on his own, the actual old classic book. And that really sparked his uh, thought about incorporating that kind of memories and things from the book into this movie. That and makes so, a lot of sense. Now yeah. That I think about that. That makes a lot of sense because you see that in the movie. Right. And she wants to name her Wendy based off of, off of that. Mm -hmm. But you're not quite sure like what's going on or why, but then yes. So he comes in in the morning after you basically know that like, after they left that dinner that night, she gave him the cold shoulder. She didn't want to talk to him anymore. Yeah. We know how girls get things done. 
<laughs> we're gonna get what we wanted. If I want that girl, I'm gonna have her. <laughs> you ask us if we're okay, we say yeah, we're fine. Everything's right. fine. But but we have a way of putting off a certain energy where they just they know they it's know. not fine. It's yep. not fine at all. Exactly. And you're gonna live with this energy every day <laughs> until you give me what I want. So let's just skip those days and just do it. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So they make their choice. Yes. And then also, I think around this time, doesn't he give her a gift and it's a Cartier bracelet? Not yet. But he does give that to her. Yes. He gives that to her when she's further along as like a, just a nice gift. But I, first of all, I don't have a Cartier, so I don't know about I the don't know either. bracelet having like a key that locks it. I okay let me tell you this I was like so he's handcuffing her like he's literally cuffing her to what herself (gasps) well no I mean I feel like it's it's got to symbolize something totally that he's locking her in locking her down um like an ownership thing like she's now like trapped right because she's she's in this weird kind of trippy mindset right and she's trying to find her way out and she can't and it's like the bracelet is just another thing added adding on to it to make her be in this spot where she like can't get out and she can't figure out what's going on yep all right so So after that what happens so they decide they're going to go with the girl Mm -hmm. and they have to go back to Dr. Hindle's office for the yes. procedure. Yes. So the procedure is done and basically selective re- reduction is done, like I said, to allow the healthiest embryo to survive. Um, and this is used a lot with women who use assisted reproduction technologies such as IVF um, because a lot of the time, and I don't have exact numbers, but mm-hmm. I know that a lot of women do experience multiple embryos. Um, right, right. Because I'm guessing most of the time when IVF takes place, you're women more than, tend to put, yeah, more than one. one. Yeah. For odds. Um, and this is also done if the embryo has a serious or incurable disease. Um, or, and I didn't even know this was a thing, if there were, if the fetus is outside of the uterus. Right. So she goes in for the procedure. Um, he drugs her for it. Um, yeah. As she's about to get knocked out, she hears Dr. Hindle and Adrian talking, but she can't really make out everything that they say. And right. you remember what? they were talking about what uh i'm asking because <laughs> <laughs> i don't have that written down <laughs> I but i know it happened that is hilarious because <laughs> girl i don't remember either <laughs> okay we'll just say that some stuff went down they they, they were talking you know what we'll say we want to keep that as a surprise for you when you go back and watch the movie <laughs> that's one thing we will not spoil for you that's right and i'm pretty sure actually we don't even know what they say i think it's like <laughs> muffled but uh to be honest in that brief moment there i got sidetracked for a second. <laughs> i think i pulled out the phone you know and i kind of yeah. <laughs> Okay, so but, then let's move on to after the okay. procedure is done. Okay. Uh, this is where she really starts to grow wary of Dr. Hindle. Um, she, her and Adrian get invited to uh, this banquet in honor of Dr. Hindle, where um, I think Adrian is going to speak for him right. uh, yes. and introduce him for the award. And um, when Dr. Hindle is speaking, you really see her face start to change and she's like the wheels are starting to turn and she's starting to think okay something is not quite right here yeah something is going on yeah and you can tell like she's not quite sure what yet 
but she's just getting that gut feeling like that her husband, I feel like in that moment, she's thinking like, okay, my husband and this man, Dr. Hindle are closer than I realize. Mm -hmm. And they know each other much better than she's let on before. So I think she's kind of like red flags are kind of raising a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And, um, at this point too, you know, she's met with her mommy group or mommy to be group because they're all pregnant. Um, and she grows closer to one person in particular, Corgan. And I think this is the point where did Lucy have that dream already between Dr. Hindle and Adrian? Not yet. So remember she starts to feel like, a little on her own, out of touch. So her husband suggests that maybe she join a mommy group. Yes. yes. So she joins this group. But during this time, she her hallucinations start. And as probably most people know, because they use this as the trailer for the movie, she, in her dream, she walks up to this girl. Or not in a dream. I think this was reality, wasn't it? When she just walked up to that girl at the park, that little girl. And the oh, little girl turns around yes, and her eyes yes, go all dark. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so now she's at this mommy group and she's starting to like meet other women who are either IVF or had trouble or pregnant for the first time. And like you said, she befriends this girl named Corgan, who's played by Sophia Bush. And they connect. And so they start meeting up separately from the group, just the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, and, and I, yeah. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, so they start meeting and uh, at first Lucy isn't like totally upfront with her about how she's feeling. I think she's just saying like some weird things are happening and she's not really sure what's going on. And she feels like something's wrong with Wendy, the baby. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then once again, she's like you said, she's getting dismissed and it's mommy brain that's making her feel this way. It's not based in reality yep exactly and I think this is the point where she finds the paperwork in the safe or she looks in the safe she finds the safe but I don't think she opens it yet mm-hmm. um and then and then I she think, has a dream yeah and then she ends up opening the safe and she opened it. I thought she saw it first and then closed it because she heard something. And then remember, she- yeah, the, the husband comes in. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing in here? And she's like, I thought I heard something. Classic. Classic, <laughs> classic. <laughs> like, you were sound asleep 10 seconds ago. How? <laughs> I know, right? How, yeah. how did you get here so fast? <laughs> exactly. How do you speak up on me like a ninja? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so she, she opens the safe. She finds that there's an envelope with mm-hmm. Dr. Hindle's office name on it. Right. And she opens it up. She looks at it. And what does she find? Some that she's part stuff. of a study. She finds yeah. that she's part of a study, guys. Part of a study. She's and then she also it. finds pictures of her. Yeah. Just out and about around town. Yeah. And, and I think we forgot uh, to yeah. talk, too, about the most, well, not the most important, but another important thing is Grace. Right. So I think right around this time in the movie where she finds this paper and uh, she realizes, like, she's being followed and she's part of a study that her husband is fully aware of, but that has not been brought to her attention. Mm-hmm. She's also, when she had been at one of her doctor's appointments with Dr. Hindle, she found a magazine. And in that magazine, there was an article about a kind of doula with, um, you know, a more earthy approach to childbirth. I was going to say definitely earthy for sure. Yes. Yeah. And very kind of like Afro vibes. Um, And she's clearly drawn to this woman. And something about her speaks to her way of thinking how she would want to give birth. And here we're going on this, I think weird 
I don't know if it's hallucinogenic or this weird kind of journey where she's in her head, she's in the office with her or in her whatever with her. Right. And um, she's Grace is talking to her and telling her, you know, whatever's blocking you, you've got to let it go. And she screams, her husband walks in and interrupts it. Right. And right. then this, at that moment, she was just sitting on her bed watching her on YouTube. Yes. And then when her husband leaves, she turns back on uh, her iPad to, I guess, watch the rest of the video. Cause it's a video that she's watching. Right. 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 Um, I think. And... and what, when I was kind of reading about Alana Glazer talking about the movie and her thoughts behind making it were kind of about um, like the horrors of the childbirthing system and how women's reproductive systems are basically treated like coveted real estate. And it's, dominated by men in a man's world and this is like the female body and what we need but yet because the the parallel in the movie is that she wants to go with this doula that feels safe and right but her husband and Dr. Hindle are telling her she needs to give birth in his facility when the time comes which is and his room is sterile and cold and Yep. yep you know so I think She's trying to, in that way, through the movie, show that we need to take more control, time and effort Mm -hmm. to really change the way in which women are allowed to give birth and to be able to own it the way we want to, you know, whatever that looks like. Yeah, which is completely true. And one thing that was interesting is that she's surrounded by men besides her, besides Corgan. So at work, she's surrounded by men. Yes. Um, And did you notice at work, they, she she works like a startup. So there's like her and three other guys. Yeah. And And her boss always making her take orders like for food. I'm like, really? Come on, Lucy, say no. (laughs) Ask one of the other guys. Like, or once she's pregnant, then he gives like her account to someone else. I'm pretty sure like in today's age, that's not even legal. Like she could do something about that legally wise legal wise i i would assume yeah i mean i think that you okay getting back on point here with the uh the movie so corgan the new friend uh meets up with lucy and lucy gives her the paperwork right yes and corgan is like you know what let me give this to my husband who's a lawyer mm-hmm. and we're gonna see you have like what can what can we do to make sure you know everything that you can do to be safe right right from uh the study and everything and so she gives her the paperwork and then the baby shower yeah so then after um she gives her the paperwork she's feeling like okay good and then the baby shower comes and corgan is hosting or throwing the party. Yes. Uh, and Corgan says something that throws Lucy off. Something yeah. that she never told Corgan. And that was her. Hands her a gift, right? Hands her yes. her gift. And says. Her real name, which is Lucia, right? Yeah. And, and she says, this is for you, Lu- Lucia or Lucia. And Lucy opens that box. And in that box is an original copy of the Peter Pan story yes and she opens it and in the very first page of a window with Peter Pan in it and then you can see his shadow and uh, then the shadow like she hallucinates and the shadow like every basically every time she's hallucinating the hallucination itself is growing into like a fetus Mm -hmm. right like that happens it happens at a couple other times um and as she's seen this hallucination, she says, I never told you my name, my real, my actual name. Well, my yeah, real like name. How did, how did you know that? How, yeah. If I never, you know, I never mentioned it to you. How do you know what my real name is? Yeah. So she starts getting creeped out and she excuses herself to go to the bathroom. And 
when she gets to the bathroom, she sees something even stranger, which is, and first of all, I don't condone opening up other people's medicine cabinets and like looking through stuff. Okay. So you're going to go to someone's house and if you're going to go into their bathroom and that's their bathroom where like keep all their stuff, you're not going to look. <laughs> I mean, depending on whose house it is, maybe, but I, think, I, yeah. uh, but I mean, I feel like that's not something that you should do, right? You, you do your business and you get out of there, but she, I think I'd be up- too afraid to open it and something fall out. Like, yes. And I don't want anyone to hear that. I'm a snoop. Exactly. Like I'm curious mm-hmm. for sure, but I probably would never get the guts to actually do it, especially if it's a friend I liked. Then I really don't want to know, like, because whatever's in there could change how I feel about that person now. Yeah. And I I mean, she doesn't really, or even if you, like, she doesn't really know Corgan. She knows her, but doesn't really know her. And I don't know. I don't feel comfortable doing that, but I might, depending on who it is. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she opens up the medicine cabinet and she sees that she has been prescribed some medication and it's from Dr. Hindle. I Was it Dr. Hindle or was it from her husband? No, it was from Dr. Hindle. I'm pretty sure that's what it said because that's how oh, okay. she knew. That's how, that's why she was saying. So after she sees that, she starts kind of freaking out right a little bit yeah and Corgan yeah. comes to the bathroom and she's like what's wrong are you okay and she says you go to him you know him right exactly and Corgan's like I had to you know I had no other choice I wanted to make sure that my baby was okay because I think there was something going on with Corgan's pregnancy to make her right nervous yeah. and scared yeah um and so she kn- knows now that Corgan gave the paperwork and everything to Adrian, her husband. Right, right. But by the way, that is how Corgan could have known her full name, just by looking at the paperwork, even like when she gave it to her at the coffee shop. You know what I mean? Like, if you gave me papers and I look down, you're probably going to see the actual full name there. Okay, so my question is this Who wrote the study? If her husband knew about the study, is that what he was typing up late at night when we see him in the dark on his computer? And if he is the one that wrote it, would he use her full name or just Lucy? Yeah. My guess is that he would use her full name. And like he, cause in the study he would probably put like Lucia, Lucy, like, you know, you would write it that way. And I'm guessing that that's what he had been working on, but okay. So so that happens. She goes home. She's really upset. And she goes, oh, sorry. No, sorry. no, she oh goes into Hello. labor. She, she goes into labor. <laughs> Hello. She's really <laughs> upset there so much so that she goes into labor. Yes. And the husband rushes her off to her doula. Yes. And the doula's uh, name is Grace. Grace. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then she gives birth to her baby and womp womp it's not Wendy it's a boy dun 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 uh and then and Lucy's got like a what the f face on her like yeah yeah and then uh Grace goes wait you're crowning again but there's something going on and she's like you need to go to the hospital like ASAP right she like lifts her hands up and they're like covered in blood yes she's like Get to the hospital now. But where does Adrian take her? Not to the hospital. No. To Dr. Hindle's office. That's right. The man with the gift. (laughs) And uh, she births the other boy. Mm -hmm. And then she births the placenta. And attached to the placenta is little tiny baby Wendy. Yes. Which is, like, honestly, it was disturbing to see like that. That bit was, like, a lot. I have to say that I was not expecting that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, they're going to, they're going there. They're showing this. Yeah. Yep. So they hand her the twin boys, and she's, like, clearly in a state of total shock and horror and, like, disappointment. 
And I'm sure, right, I mean, it's got to be depression because this is not what she wanted. And the whole time she thought she was having Wendy when, in fact, she was having twin boys. And, uh, and so, this yeah. is where I feel like time, it's kind of hard to figure out timeline because yeah. I don't, so after she goes home, with the twins and Adrian, she's despondent. She's not, you know, I mean, who wouldn't be thinking, you know, in her situation. Uh, And like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes to her doula. And when she gets there, craziness happens because it's not at all what she thought it was. Or what we were shown what it was. It was once again, just like Dr. Hindle's office, very sterile. Yeah. Um, And Grace was not dressed the same way. Very business attire. Right. Uh, It was a very formal, cool tone setting. Yeah. And when she had been there in her mind, it was vibrant and eclectic and... Mm -hmm. I feel, and yeah, and and this is just in case anyone's wondering, like, oh, wouldn't you, she be hearing like two heartbeats during the ultrasound? But Dr. Hindle would never give her any ultrasound. Mm-hmm. When she would go in, she would always say, don't you want to take a look at the baby or take a look at Wendy? And he would be like, no, no, I can tell everything is fine. Yep. So that's kind of how they kept it hidden from her. Uh, masks and textures and colors everywhere. Yeah. And same thing with, with Dr. Hindle's office. It was very cool tone. Yeah. And so then she goes to, she goes back to Dr. Hindle's office. Right. And the, the running theme now, that the messaging that Lucy is getting from both the doula and the doctor when she left the hospital and Dawn, the assistant, is like, you have two healthy boys. Go home now and enjoy them. Like, why are you complaining? Why are you sad? You got what you wanted. You yeah, had you wanted a baby. You've got two healthy babies. Just go. Like, what's the problem? And so then, yeah. So now after she leaves Grace's office, who basically gives her that same spiel, she's like, hells no. I'm going back for Wendy. So she goes to Dr. Hindle's office. And that's where she has a confrontation with Dawn. Right. And that's where she said that whole thing about you have, you have two babies. Like, what is your problem? Yeah. Um, and then Dawn leaves. Or no, Dawn gives her something. Gives her paperwork. Dawn gives her paperwork that says that her husband is going to be partners with Dr. Correct. Kendall. Right. And she is totally pissed off because... Adrian never said anything to her about this. And she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, And then she exits out of the room. And another assistant nurse, I'm not sure, comes out of a secret room. And Lucy sneaks her way in there. Yep. And when she goes in there, she finds something that would be very upsetting to anyone. Yeah. Um, she finds the placenta with Wendy mm-hmm. just yep. out on a table. Yeah. And this is where I got confused with time. Yeah. Because why would it just be sitting out? I would think that after a certain amount of time out of the womb, like it's going to look. Yeah. It's going to start breaking down. Right. I was, I was thinking about it and I think the timeline is actually like only the next day. That's the impression I get. Like the next day, right away, she gets up and goes to the doula's office. And then from there, she goes right over to Hindle's office. Okay. Which makes more sense. But why would it just still just be out? Exactly. Why would it be purposes? I don't know. Because when you walk in in this room, it's a big open, like, operating room. Yeah. So there's like a chair, huge windows, one of those, like, classic silver rolling trays that are at a doctor's office. And sitting on that is the placenta with Wendy attached. 
and she walks up to it and she kind of is like putting her hands on it, starting to like get emotional. And then lo and behold, who comes into the room? Good old Dr. Hindle. And here we get some very interesting information. Yes. He drops the bomb slash the climatic moment of the movie. What is this all about? <laughs> and he tells her what? that that his his genes are superior to that of her and Adrian's and everybody else's. And I love the line that he says. He said, God doesn't make babies. I do. Yeah. And that he inseminated her with his sperm. And I'm yep. assuming that Wendy was with Adrian's. No, I'm assuming they were all his. But remember, he was saying, like, he needs boys to carry on the line. That, yep, you're right. You're right. Yep. So that's why he always just selects the boys. And the second that was the, like, oh, aha moment, that's what this is all about, it reminded me of the true story about the doctor, the fertility doctor, who did that in real life. And, so of course, did a little deep dive on that one. Yes, and, I'm interested. Tell me, tell okay. me and the listeners what, who, who this doctor is and what happened. So this guy, his name was Cecil Jacobson, okay? And he was a fertility doctor. Cecil sounds... Mm-hmm. Sinister, sinister Cecil. Yes. Uh, He was very well educated, though. He went to like Brown and George Washington University. Uh, But it's interesting. He became like a researcher, but he actually had no specialist training in fertility medicine. Hmm. However, uh, he he, he basically started off in this like genetic center in Virginia. And his specialty was treating women who had a hard time getting pregnant. And so this is crazy. And this reminds me in the movie, because, you know, in the movie, he injects her with some kind of like uh, liquid first. It's not like the sperm. Like first he gives her some kind of liquid. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? It kind of looked like an orange syringe. Yes. Yes. This guy would... Basically, women would come in and they would get injected before and then after contraception. And so, and I'm using quotes when I say that, with the hormone HCG, which okay. apparently is like a hormone. It's like a, a fertility medication. And it's also a hormone that's naturally released when you're pregnant. So he would do this and then he would tell the people that they were pregnant. And he would perform ultrasounds and like in the image, he'd be like, oh, here's the fetus. But then at month three, every single woman would get, uh, would basically miscarry. Oh. And yeah. And so inevitably false positives become the tests that determine his pregnancy. And so then he went on from there to start using his own, sperm to impregnate these women and it's suspected he's fathered literally over 75 kids oh can you imagine finding out that guy's your dad no i can't and you know what i also can't imagine uh do you want to guess how how many years he was sentenced to prison for this this Uh, is the piece de resistance my dear I'm going to throw a number out and I'm going to say, I'm going to say five to 10. He got five, (laughs) five years in prison. Oh, and his medical license revoked. Gee, you think? I mean, that is the least of what he should get. But what was the justification for only five? What was he charged with? Well, he was charged with, um, like 52 counts of fraud and basically they were in his defense. Yeah. In his defense, he, he, they use things like it was a mistake that he misread ultrasound results, that it was an honest error, but every single time, <laughs> like, really? I mean, this isn't just one or two. And this is, I'm sure more than, I'm, I mean, how many women are we talking about here? I know. That, I mean, that is our justice system, right? <laughs> I know. I mean, and 
he said in his uh, defense that he only used his sperm when donors failed to show up when needed. And the like patient was going to miss an opportunity to get pregnant. So he did what he thought was right. Okay, so I'm not sure about this, but I think there is a building, possibly a place, a, a bank that mm-hmm. holds a whole lot of donors. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm and not also, sure. Um, you think like you would cover your ass if ever you were going to do that and have like, like, I'm pretty sure ethically that is not allowed, but you think you would have some kind of documentation like, uh, your partner didn't show up. I can use mine if you sign this. <laughs> you want to do this the old fashioned way, or you want me to go in the back room with the porn and jack off real quick for you? Like, oh my god, gross. But anyway, so in that aha moment with Dr. Hindle, who says he points to this huge fridge with all his samples in, I was like, oh yeah, that reminds me of that, that guy. So then That's crazy. after he says that, Lucy decides to I mean she I was gonna say she she's gonna be an ass kicker at this point and she's gonna she's gonna go all you know wild and crazy which I'm sure if anyone was in situation they would do yeah Uh, and so she manages to I think beat him up enough to strap him down into the exam chair um, mm-hmm. one thing that I found interesting was the significance of the mirrors. Um, mm-hmm. she, throughout the movie, you see her or her and her husband, um, looking into mirrors and you see the reflection. And so I, yeah. I, I wonder, you know, if that's a supposed definitely, to symbolize yeah. something. It's definitely um, symbolizing. I mean, like you said, every, there are so many shots in which you're seeing the reflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm always, when that happens, I'm always looking at the, like, okay, is something creepy going to happen in the reflection? And that was you my know? first thought. Like when the first, yeah. when that first happened, I was like, okay, what's, what are they going to see? What's going to jump out? Yeah. But, but, but nothing did. Nothing did. Um, but, um, I think, is this the point where she knocks down the fridge or is that after she fights Dawn? Yeah, so she's fighting the doctor, and remember that Dr. Handel has a huge syringe that he's trying to, like, stick in her to, like, kill oh. her, I'm guessing, or, like, put her to drug. sleep. I don't know. I was going to say, I think it's to drug her to, to put her to sleep, yeah. Yeah, and so they're, like, fighting over it, and she gets him down, and then in comes Dawn, and Dawn's, like, hitting her. And Can I just like, say that Dawn has the best line in this movie at this point in time when she's fighting um, I think Lucy is trying to hit her or stuff down her throat the um the ultrasound yes part like where Probe. it would go up the vagina yeah yeah and uh, you see like that happens and you know Dawn's on the ground with the probe down her throat and then you see Dawn get back up and takes it out and she's like no gag reflex. I know. And I was like, oh, that Dang, is like the Dawn? best line. <laughs> and how, how'd you teach yourself that, Don? I know. She's... Give me some pointers, Don. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. And, uh, Lucy ends up getting that syringe and like sticking it in Don. So Don yeah. goes down. Don's down. And then, uh, then after that, she not she takes the big fridge and she pulls it down, and so that Doctor Hindle sees all his precious sperm all over the floor. Yes, and then she gets back up on top of him and, and starts like, just beating, beating out of him. Yeah, I was gonna say just hitting him nonstop. Um, but we don't know. I, do we know for sure if he's dead or just beaten? Or do we just I don't assume know. he's dead? Because then they do, like, then they, it's like a hard cut to then her walking out of the office covered in blood. With and, her, with the placenta with Wendy. Yep, with Wendy inside a little bag. And uh, she tells the waiting room folks, like, might want to find another doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so, unclear what has happened. Uh, but then the next scene is circles, full circle back to the very opening scene of the movie. And she's walking back home 
all bloody. And then we see her and she goes into the nursery with the twin boys. Yeah. So she's home. And she picks them up, goes to the window, and we see them, like, she, like, gently lifts them up out the window and we see them floating away. Right. And I think that was maybe a symbolic gesture of her letting them go, like, where she has officially, like, no ties. Yeah. She's done. Yeah. She's not their mother. That's how I took it, too. Like, they're lost boys, no yeah. mom. Yeah. Ooh, um, yes. And then, doesn't it cut to then Adrian comes into the nursery and is like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, because mind you, she's still covered in blood. And she's looking down in the crib over the two boys. And she basically turns to him and she's like, you knew the whole time. You knew that it was going to be the boys and pretty much like then she goes and picks up each baby and puts them in her, in his arms. Mm. And then she says, leave. And he's so like, like, bye. What the hell? Uh, these babies, but he ends up leaving, which is yeah. weird and walking away. Yeah. And then she sits down in the rocking chair, the, I think. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, takes, picks up Wendy, yeah. I think takes off her shirt. Yeah, her shirt. Yeah. And then tries to make Wendy breastfeed. Yeah. And in her, I guess, state of mind that she's in, Wendy attaches. Yeah. And starts drinking away. Yeah. It's a very odd ending to the movie because that's it. it. It cuts right there and that's the end of the movie. And so you're left, you're left feeling so sad that that happened in a you know like so sad for her and like now she's all messed up I'm sure there's a deeper meaning in that moment that she's trying to convey the writers of the movie but yeah uh maybe that maybe was I'm not smart enough to know <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe it was just her way of saying that it was Wendy was always her baby and will always be her baby no matter what. For sure. For sure. But it's like, but it, hey, she's the size of the palm of her hand and I she's uh, suckling off the teeth. It's like, what the <laughs> hell? I don't know. But that wraps it. That wraps the movie false positive. I know you and I are trying to figure out what's going to be our rating system. Oh my God. I was just about to say the same thing. <laughs> I know. And Okay. Listeners, we're still working on it. Okay. We want to come up with something really funny. So today let's just, I'm going to just do a, like a thumbs up or thumbs down for this one. Cause I, I don't know, unless you have another idea. I think that's, a, I was going to go uh, like a rating system one to five, five being the best one being the worst, but you can do thumbs up, dumb, thumbs down. I'll do one to five for okay. today okay I'm gonna overall give it like if I'm doing a rating system I probably would give it a two yeah I I would say I was gonna give it a three okay you're I there's a lot of things I like you said in the very beginning I can't because I know her work in Broad City it's hard for me to take her seriously um her hair was also a really big issue for me, and I don't know why. <laughs> I know, me too. I mean, it was a wig, and it was just poorly was just, done. Yeah, it was awful. Um, and I think yeah. for me, it was just, it was a very choppy movie. Yeah. Like, the edits were all really hard, and I feel like it lost some of, like, maybe the, if she's really trying to shed light on the healthcare system and like childbirth I feel like that's a great start and definitely something worth having like kind of like a horror genre movie about but I don't know if it like got into it enough to really make it clear that that's what was going on uh, yeah exactly and I was going to say that I don't think that this movie is going to start a real conversation about that issue because I feel like did it really convey it 
I don't know. Right. And I guess it's a horror movie, so it's not necessarily supposed to be maybe a conversation starter, but... But I didn't find it. I wouldn't categorize that as a horror yeah. movie. Oh, okay. Like, a, what would you categorize it as? Maybe a, like, suspense thriller, but I don't think it's a okay. horror movie. Maybe we're thinking of horror as in, like, obvious horror and not more of where she's going with it. And maybe that's why. Yeah. Okay. I didn't really follow what you just said, but. Gotcha. <laughs> well, obvious horror, right, would be ghosts or like, you know, somebody it's trying like to It's like a psychological you. horror. Yeah. 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 Well said. But okay. Well, there you go, guys. That's that. Yeah. False positive. You know, nothing to do if you want to tune in. Why not? Um, okay. But before we wrap up the podcast for today, uh, Cassie, you know, I always want to know what everyone is making for dinner uh, <laughs> because usually I am stumped every day when dinner comes around. So what are you making for dinner? Uh, once again, not not cooking anything, uh, but yeah. I did. Uh, I'm going to order some Taco Bell. <sighs> Good old T-Bell. I know you can never go wrong. Sometimes you, really you may can. get diarrhea, but it's still worth it. It's a steel trap now for Taco Bell. I've I've been training <laughs> it for many a year. Uh, and what's your go-to meal from there? Like, um, what are you always gonna get? What I always get, I always get a burrito supreme. Nice. Hold the sour cream. Hold the cheese. What else uh, is left? <laughs> <laughs> I add guacamole, so that that helps. That's uh, good. Replacing the sour cream. Yeah. Um, Delicious. And, yeah. And then uh, I'm really digging the soft tacos lately. That mm-hmm. was some of the Taco Bell hot sauce. That's all I yep. need. So good. Now, what do about- you know that they sell the Taco Bell sauce at the grocery store? I feel like it's not the same. Really? Oh, I, I feel like it tastes the same and I like love it because then I can have it on like other stuff that I make. So good. I feel like nothing compares to trying to open that little packet. I know. With it's your true. teeth because that's what you do. You open it with yep. your mouth. Uh, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's how you should have Taco Bell sauce. I literally remember like every year when my grandma would come visit from Turkey she would load up on all those Taco Bell sauces at Taco Bell to take back with her. <laughs> She'd have like a huge baggie of all of them. It was always so funny. First of all, I'm really surprised Taco Bell would be so like free with giving out the sauces because I feel like they are not like that. Well, I mean, this is pre-COVID, but remember the sauces are always out like in the, in the air, like the eating area. Oh, yeah, that's right. I haven't been inside a Taco Bell in quite some time. (laughs) Ever since uh, DoorDash, you're Uh, like, Uber Eats, you're good. (laughs) Yes, yes. I don't have to do anything but just drive through. Right. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On the couch and order. Exactly. But back in the day, but not even like whenever my grandma would visit, because she'd only be here once a year, like she would get out and go in because she wanted to go over there and just fill these bags with all the sauce (laughs) and then finally when they started selling it in bottles at the grocery store I was like you know we can get you that instead but same thing there's something about those little packets yeah and then you don't have to go through a whole bottle once you open it anyway I get it (laughs) what about you what are you gonna do for dinner I am making um a dish called pierogies. Okay. I've heard of it. Never had it before. It's a Ukrainian dish. And uh, because August is, I, I got introduced to them because August's dad's side of the family is Ukraine. Oh. And I never had had one before, but they're, they're basically like a Mexican empanada. They're like a folded pastry, like a, like a folded dough. And then inside can be like potato and cheese or onions. And then you can fry them up, which is how I do it. Or you can bake them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you serve them with either sour cream or mustard. Okay. 
And then I make like a sausage with it too. They're pretty yummy. Nice. Yeah. So that's on tap today. Yeah. Thank you. I like how some of your dishes are so like worldly. (laughs) Thank you. I do try. (laughs) Mine is also worldly because it's Taco Bell and it's like, you know, Mexican food. Yes. Are you using air quotes when you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I said like Mexican Mexican food. food. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did it. We did it. Podcast. Um, And what's our next movie? Our next movie, I believe, comes out on July 9th, and it's going to be Black Widow. All right. Tune in, everyone, as we discuss uh, ScarJo in uh, Black Widow. Bye, everybody. All right. Bye, everyone.